0: This is Empowered Human Academy. Welcome home.
1: Everything you'll ever need is already inside of you, even on the days when that feels hard to believe. Empowered Human Academy exists to remind you of who you are, to help you stay close to what's possible right here in every breath.
0: I'm Abe. And I'm Isaac. We're both on our own journeys of growth, and what we've learned so far is that empowerment is as unique as you are. Once you've discovered just how expansive you are, inherently, the world opens up around you. As we begin to feel better, life begins to feel better, and what it means to be alive comes alive in a whole new way.
1: While your path is uniquely yours, we're in this together. Listening to each other's stories helps us imagine how to access our own power to keep going. We're
0: here to create a life that feels like ours, one that calls us onward and upward because we're living as ourselves fully and only these conversations are part of that exploration and you're invited so with hearts wide open
1: let's begin hello empowered humans and welcome back wherever you're at right now take a deep breath we're here we're alive feel that aliveness rise and fall in your chest we're thrilled that you're here sharing your aliveness with us And we're really excited to introduce you to today's guest, who just happens to be the owner of one of our favorite shops in Chicago. Jennifer
0: Dietrich-Smith is in the business of making something beautiful. She's both the mother of two as well as the owner of Bird's Eye Rule, a magical store located in the heart of Logan Square. We first met Jennifer at an Enneagram panel she hosted in her space, and we've kept in touch and have kept ordering things from her thoughtfully curated collection ever since. We've linked her shop in the show notes
1: so you can take a look at what she's up to. As you'll soon hear for yourself, Jennifer is an expansive soul who's thought a lot about what she needs to feel centered and optimized so she can stay close to her own creativity. Throughout this conversation, we discuss trusting your gut, what truth feels like, rebuilding confidence, defining success, and finding balance amidst
0: a full life. There's a freeing sense of fluidity in how Jennifer talks about what she knows. She radiates a rooted confidence but also holds a loose grip, knowing that she's continually evolving. She's truly delightful, and we really enjoyed this hour of exploring what she's come to know so far. So, let's get into it.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Empowered Human Academy. Today, we are so excited to be talking to a friend that we met a couple years ago, Jen Dietrich. And we are just so thrilled to be here with you, Jen. You are super creative and super talented and just Every time I walk into your store, I'm so just delighted just to be in your presence and the space that you curate. So we're just so honored to be here. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm so honored to be here with y'all. Like, it's so fun.
1: (laughs) We begin
0: always with the question of identity, the identity of ourselves to ourselves. So not when we're presenting, not when we're trying to make an impression or at a conference or whatever, when it's just you coming home to yourself, what words of identity feel like they fit?
2: Mm, I would say creativity, truth, and freedom are probably Ooh, okay. the first things that pop into my mind.
0: Yeah. yeah. Neat. Okay, so I'm super curious already. So truth often has this connotation of like, there is one and we need to go find it. And When I hear creativity and freedom, I think like of a much more exploratory process. How do those three words fit together for you?
2: Totally. I think I feel the most myself when I'm creating something, whether it's Hmm. a piece of art, whether it's talking through an idea with somebody, it can be like super loose or it can be super like hands-on. And I think the word truth resonates because it's just something that like, I don't necessarily believe that there's like one specific truth. I think that's how we can turn into super black and white conversation. And I definitely am someone who believes there's so much gray so I think always in the search of truth and being an ever evolving thing, I don't believe that things I thought were truthful 10 years ago are the same things I still believe that are hundred percent truthful today. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe truth is, yeah, I guess I'm using it more in an elusive way when it's defined so more like black and white.
0: Well, let's back up to definitions. What's your definition for truth?
2: Ooh, Good point. I think it's something that resonates in my body more than something that I believe. I think like when I hear something that feels truthful, maybe it's at someone's story and that that resonates more like, oh, that's the truth because they're speaking yours. And like, that must mean something a lot. Anyway.
0: I love this kind of thing. I get excited whenever we're talking to someone or I'm talking to myself and I come across a word that like, Obviously truth, like light is that for me, like I have no freaking idea how to define this, but I know Mm -hmm. what it is.
2: It it feels right. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So creativity and freedom are those, do you find truth using those as a path or mechanism? What's the relationship there?
2: Yes, absolutely. I think being able to be free to be creative or being able to be free to seek truth, I think does kind of go hand in hand. They all tie together, allows yourself to be able to explore, allows yourself to be a little bit more open and learning something new or trying something new or getting out of living, hopefully a little bit more on the edge of what you find comfortable and continuing pushing yourself to continue to grow and to continue to know those things about yourself and know those things about even the creative process and what inherently sparks you to go or to like create or to mm-hmm. do or whatever that action verb is. Or maybe it's not even an action verb. Maybe it's a sitting, maybe it's a being peaceful, but
0: yeah. Um, I love this exploration that you're already doing <laughs> verbally. without prompting. You're making our job very easy. This is very cool. You
1: know, we met because we both lived in Chicago and we had a couple of events at your shop, Enneagram Panels. Yes. And you're an Enneagram 9, correct? I am, Yes. So is Isaac. So what's your relationship to trusting your own truth as a nine when you kind of nines kind of feel out or understand kind of all different facets? How do you stay grounded in your truth, if that makes sense? And has that been a journey for you? Has it been hard? Has it been easy? What is it like?
2: Yes to all of that. It's definitely been a hard thing learning. I think the Enneagram, first of all, was such a great way to put language to what I was feeling internally in such a way to be able to talk about it with others. I love that it gave me the language and the vocabulary and it still continues such a thing to continue to study in and of itself. But for me, the phrase trust your gut was something I definitely always resonated with, but to learn what that actually meant for me was what has changed everything of like Hmm. when I internally feel something inside, whether I'm making a decision about something of like, it's almost like a guitar, like When a string is plucked and that vibration, it's almost that vibration that I feel versus it being like, it's not silent. There's something that resonates. And like I've learned to trust that more internally than anything else. I think I can get into my head or try to listen to other parts of my body, which I would love to continually to work on. But I know that I can trust those things with inside myself or to follow that path or to keep going.
1: I love that. You're a mom and you're a business owner. And last year was the pandemic. And I'm curious. And like, first, congratulations that your business is still up and running after the year that we've had.
2: Thank you. Especially
1: a lifestyle boutique store. You know what I mean? I'm just one, so proud of you. Two, what was your relationship to trusting your gut last year? Because I bet there were so many ups and downs. And I feel like someone who's in tune with one of your identifications is like trust, right? Yeah. I'm in freedom. I'm curious what that was like juggling all the things in such a traumatic time for all of us.
2: It was really tough. It was really, really tough. I mean, I think at first it was just easy to trust numbers, what's selling, what's not. Like the things that are not, okay, like don't go that way, go this way. Candles are selling, cool. Let's become a mini candle shop for a moment. That type of thing. So there was definitely a little bit of, just numbers and like Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And then it was very easy to see also looking at the vendors and what they stood for and what they didn't stand for. It was very cool to see the people who wanted to help or like gave a lot of grace, even from like the back end of things and like who did it. So even learning the importance of partners, which we all know to an extent, but even in such a traumatic time of really showing their true colors and there was brands and vendors that did it so gracefully. And there was others that did not. And so that made some decisions really easy to just continue to follow those relationships. So that was nice. And then I think for a minute, like if I'm being perfectly honest, until holiday hit, I just decided to put my head down and just do it. Like it was definitely like this blinder situation of like, okay, like I'm either going down with a fight or I'm, I can't not fight it was yeah, just yeah. this internal thing and then january hit and i realized oh that's where all of my energy was put into it was this go 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 so the minute that things calmed down for a minute i definitely felt this sense of i don't know what to do mm-hmm. are my ideas even good definitely a lot of questioning internally and just to be able to like still coming on the other side of that okay no like it doesn't really matter like the things that i think are important are the things that Brands I think that resonate with people are like the brands that are doing things responsibly, all of those things, like that's the story. And if it, and if it doesn't succeed, that's okay. It has to be Mm -hmm. okay to be able to let it go and know that that will be also a beautiful thing too. And the minute that that happened and like, I was able to release that like so much more freedom came of being able to like, Mm -hmm. just be able to like, okay, I don't have to bear that. I don't have to like grunt through this. Yes. There's a time to like do that you know, not all jobs are fun and glamorous as we exactly. all know. Yeah. But it's nice getting to the place of you no, know, my story or like how I curate things is important and let like, be able to trust that. Cause I think that was what was wavering so much during that past time. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Cool. So two questions and one leads into the second. To what extent do you feel like you've stepped back into that? Have you stepped into something new or is it a return or both?
2: I think it's both. I think like there's a return of confidence my business still wouldn't be, we wouldn't still be standing if there wasn't something. So like being able to find, okay, I did do something beautiful. I did do something, create Mm -hmm. something So be able to just have confidence that like not to self-doubt that so much. And then there is a new trust too of learning not to let last year define the rest of it. I think it's really easy to like let that trauma just like any other trauma that one goes through of letting that lead you of like the Ooh. scarcity and the like, okay, no, like I have to be able to trust that I have to buy new product. I can't not buy new product. I have to be able to hire someone. I, I can't continue mm-hmm. to do this all by myself. And if it's there and it's supported, beautiful. And if it's not, then okay. So it was definitely coming to that. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm just curious what goes on in your mind when you're experiencing all this? Cause you're juggling creativity, you're juggling a lot of different pieces and what's your relationship to your own process? Is there a process? Is there a method (laughs) of beauty, of madness, right? Like, is there a method to it? Like, and what goes into that for you?
2: Definitely what I've learned is the minute that I get out in nature for a moment, whether it's like going on a walk or going in like by the river or by the lake or something like that, and just getting out of maybe my day-to-day of what I daily see and just see something more in nature That's my area of calm. That's like my way of to be able to connect and be like, okay, this problem matters. It's not, doesn't matter. But to be able to like separate the anxiety from it and just get grounded in my own body and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's the next best choice? What's the next best decision I can do? And just kind of take it from that place. Okay. I can't do that, but what can I do? Just kind of like one little step at a time, and then that tends to like not make me feel like stuck or like in a rut or whatever. Keeps the momentum mm-hmm. going in maybe a little bit slower pace, which is nice. Of like, okay, that's a really big decision. I don't know the answer, but I can decide this thing over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That path ends up always to the bigger thing eventually. So
1: yeah, yeah. Isaac, you talk about that a lot. Do you? All the time. Share. Maybe it's a nine thing. Share. Please, you, yeah, I, That's funny that you said that because I was like tapping Isaac <laughs> underneath. I was like, I think, you.
0: I think it's because I don't have a relationship to time. There are things in the future that exist, but I don't have depth perception in that way. Something will occur. I don't know when. And so for right now, all I'm going to do is like the next thing that yeah. feels like light, hence the whole business premise of Lightward. Just that one thing, trusting that it's going to. Actually, it's not even trusting that it will build to something. Just trusting that like I'm on a path and things are going to be good, and I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And I guess if I don't, that's also okay. But uh, still, totally, odds are high. I know. Yeah, my, does that makes sense.
2: <laughs> completely. My favorite analogy that my dad gave me when I was like 18, deciding like where to go to college, and like that was the big decision at the time that felt like so. <gasps> Where are we going to go? Like, what are we, Yeah, Monumental. Mm-hmm. And we were in a car driving. I don't know what we were driving from, but we were in the car driving. We were going home and he was like, okay, which way should we go? And I'm like, well, you turn left. Like, that's the way home. And he's like, well, what if we turn right? So he like physically drove the car right. And he took the longest route home. he's like, but see, we still ended up home. So it doesn't really matter. At the end of this day, if you make a wrong turn, quote unquote, you can always go the other. Mm-hmm. But that was freeing for me because it's just like, okay, like no decision has to be permanent. No decision has to be life-defining. All you can do is with the information you're given at the time. And then if that's the wrong one, you'll know it and you can make a different one. And I think that's what was freeing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How does one get confident at that process? Because I mean... I know for me in my past and probably a lot of people like you just overanalyze. I tried not to overanalyze a lot anymore because of being married to someone who doesn't (laughs) do that. But also honoring, like I'm such a futurist too. So honoring that part of me because that pumps me up and that breeds creativity and all these different things. So I guess like, what are your thoughts on like that process of what you said, nothing's permanent and you can kind of change. And you've literally done that in your business, probably in your life, your personal life. How does one get good at that?
2: I think first is allowing yourself to do that. I think it's allowing yourself to make a wrong decision and then make a different decision later. I think that's important. I think a lot mm-hmm. of us think in so black and white sometimes where that can be paralyzing. If you're constantly worried about the right choice or the wrong choice, that's paralyzing. I could deeply sympathize and feel those things. So to be able to I think for me, just learn like, okay, nothing has to be... It can feel that way. Like We can honor that it feels really, really big. We can pro and con list it out if that's the way that works. But also, it's okay to just make a decision and then it not be the right one and Mm -hmm. then to make a different one. I think we can get so caught up in American culture of making the right decision or like making the right whatever and not allowing Mm -hmm. for some mistakes which we're human, how can we not do them? We're going to do them at some point, whether it's a big decision or a small thing. I think being graceful with yourself, learning that we can unlearn things and we can relearn things or learn new things. And so totally. answer to answer that is just trust that it's okay. You can make the decision and it'll be okay one way or another.
1: Uh, there was one thing that came up, a situation didn't turn out the way like I planned and I felt mm-hmm. really ashamed of it in May with Isaac and Isaac was like, it happens. Literally we're bound statistically to come up to or experience these situations that don't go out. And I think it's like, there's a lot of shame that has been like, you know, also taught like, well you messed up, you're not worthy enough. Or like, what are you doing? Or there's, there hasn't been a lot of, I don't know in my experience, but probably in my experience, but I, I mean the space to be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. No worries. Like, what did we learn? What did you like about this? What didn't you like? And then let's move on. And I think I've been getting better at that over time.
2: Yeah. It's like a muscle. You just have to do it and then get comfortable with the discomfort of it for a minute. And then it stops being so uncomfortable every time I feel like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, kind of laugh it off a bit. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, (laughs) well, that was truly not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: When we were talking about the holiday season, the pandemic, and then coming out of the, in the aftermath and I wrote this down. You said, oh, I did do something beautiful. I'm intensely curious about that statement. Can you open that up for me? Like, what's the concern in that and the resolution and what's the underlying priority? Why that language? What went behind you saying, oh, I did do something beautiful? What's the story there?
2: Sure. I think for me, I've had this idea stuck in my head of creating my own line and doing my own clothing as part of the store. Like I've always wanted to curate other people's things because I love other people's work too much to just do my own thing. (laughs) But I've always wanted that to integrate that. So it was something that like set me apart a little bit differently than just it being a curation of other people's goods. And I think that was something I was working so hard on getting off the ground before the pandemic Or like Mm -hmm. we were in the beginning stages of it. And so for that to happen, I didn't have the assets to then like turn and like do that stuff. And so I think the year prior of just like thinking and like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And then to just be like, nope, that's not happening. And then the threat of maybe I can't even be open. Maybe I can't even survive to even attempt that. I think was Mm -hmm. kind of what went hand in hand a little bit. And then... The oh, it's beautiful, regardless. Comment is more of like, oh, like, even if it's not my own creations, I do still find these goods beautiful. I still do find these like brands and what they're doing really, really beautiful just because it's not my own work, but I did curate it and like that is still beautiful. So I think that that's where that came from.
0: In what way is beauty, is beautifulness, in what way is that important to you?
2: I think it's very important to me. I think it just goes back to like life. I think as you guys know from living in Chicago and different places, like we only have so much space. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our spaces are tiny. Some days they're not tiny. Like it kind of grows, but like it doesn't ever really matter the amount of things or the amount of stuff, the things that you do own can be beautiful. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be, you can love every little thing, even if it's something silly and tiny, everything in your home can be a moment of beautiful. So I think that that's important. Intentionality. I love that. I like that for my life versus mundane. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Draw for me, if you would, a line or tell me that no line is appropriate between that idea and why you're in business anyway. Like, are these connected? Why are you in this kind of business? Why have you made what you have made?
2: I am in this business because I really love Clothing, I really love home goods. I really love it all. Like I love to surround myself in my home and what I wear and stuff like that. So to be able to like Mm -hmm. prior to opening my own store, I helped other small businesses do that, whether it was the buying or like the windows or just merchandising in general. So I never really thought I would own my own place. It wasn't until my sister Ellie kind of was like, just do your own, like you should. Like, why not? And I was like, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Do it with me. Help me get started. And so that's what she did. So I think I love stumbling. I've lived in Logan Square for so long, so I know the area. So I just knew that like having a little shop of a curation of goods would just feel so nice and to be part of the community in a different way.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And having that space where I feel like, you know, Chicago compared to LA or New York has like fewer kind of lifestyle stores. And it's just so nice that you're, centralized in that community as like, I mean, we lived right down the road at some point for a year and it was just nice walking down, having access to that. And there's so many people that walk down that street. I think it tying back to beauty, it's just like, oh, a pop of like beauty that might be different than what you're seeing at like another part of the city. You know what I mean?
2: That's so kind.
0: (laughs) I'm struck too by even the personal experiences I've had in your store that had at least ostensibly nothing to do with what was on the shelf, right? Like we had those Enneagram mm, panels that we were yeah. part of. And I still get emails about, like we were talking before the show, like the Jacaranda that, yeah. that happened
2: there.
0: Did you always know you could do that? Like as a business owner, you could do a thing that didn't have anything to do, at, at least from the outside view, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a surprising choice. Did it feel surprising to you? Did, was that always the obvious thing for you?
2: Yes and no. I'll give a yes okay, and no cool. answer. I think some of this, so, especially like some of the panels and the events that are a little like abnormal for a clothing store. I loved the juxtaposition. I thought it was so like, cool. cool to do something, but like, I truly believe I end up playing therapist to so many people that come in here when they're trying mm. on clothes and like helping them trying to be confident in their own bodies, loving where they're at and not trying to be something that they're not currently or once was or whatever. So like, you kind of get into these certain languages and discussions on a day-to-day basis. So it's nice to actually just hold an event to like do some of that work in a different manner. So we sell clothing and stuff like that. So why not also talk about the body that you're putting it on and making it a beautiful, well-rounded, here's the clothes, but also like let's talk about your mental state here. You look gorgeous. You look fantastic. Forget about whatever you're seeing in the mirror because it's not true when we look at you. And like Mm, start... I don't know, breaking down some barriers in that manner anyway, so. Wow. Not from like a sales perspective. I think like sometimes I can feel very salesy. Like that's mm-hmm. the last thing that we ever want to do here is like, we want you to feel good that we're being honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, like all the events that I've been to at your place, like I've never even thought it was salesy. You know, there are many times that we didn't even buy anything, but we left feeling like not only inspired by the space, but just inspired by the content and the stuff that we were talking about. And I love what you're saying about why not tend or love the body in a different way in a space where you can only really, one might only think about clothes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: Totally. And what you look like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Is that indicative of a larger sense of expansiveness around like what things are or have to be? Mm. You expanded the definition and behavior of your business in this way. Is that a natural thing for your brain? Yes. did you pick that up along the way? Okay, cool. Can you tell me more about how that fits in your life?
2: I don't know why. I think it's always the image of the box and like, okay, give me the box so I can figure out how to get out of it. Give me the box so I can like, what are the boundaries? Okay, cool. Let's tear down the boundaries type thing. I think this business is kind of, Done that, so to speak, of like, okay, what, not like what stands us apart, but like mm-hmm. it matters. It matters a lot. If I'm going to be dressing your body, I also should be telling you, also mentally and physically, no, these things are also equally as important, regardless mm-hmm. of what you're putting mm-hmm. on them. Hopefully, you feel really, really good and like start. I mean, I think it's such a beginning step that sometimes. It's like putting on something that you actually feel good in, then hopefully that will inspire you to continue to like work on your own. Stuff. So further, yeah.
0: I feel really compelled by that idea. I and mean, maybe it's in contrast to the stereotypically horrible advertising like, my business has all the answers for your life. Come buy XYZ <laughs> sure. and, and you will be happy, kind of thing. But to treat the experience of somebody in your store as like a pointer to them getting on with becoming who they are, that's so cool.
2: Mm,
1: thanks. Hey, friend. Hi. If you've been enjoying and resonating with the energy and themes here on the podcast, then we'd love for you to apply to be a guest on Empowered Human Academy. We all have wisdom and insight to share. So if the idea of
0: opening a window into your process and what you're learning at the moment lights you up inside, then we'd love to hear from you. Or if there's someone you find inspiring that comes to mind, maybe someone you know,
1: then send them our way. Simply head over to eha.party, fill out a quick form, and then we'll be in touch if it feels aligning. Do you know someone who'd enjoy this as well? Text them the link too. We'd really, really love to hear from you. Again, just go to eha.party, fill out the form, and we'll keep on exploring together. Now, back to the conversation. It's commonly thought of that
0: a business has a structure, like it's a thing with angles and supports, and it's maybe not alive. Actually, it's not that I want to contrast aliveness versus not, but it's, I think what I'm getting at is, Like so many other structures in life, a business has patterns and dependencies and things. And yet we are organic people and beings who want to exercise creativity and freedom. What does all that mean for you? I don't have a a more clever way to phrase that. What do you think of when all those things are on the table?
2: Specifically like meaning in business and like how to take it organically? Okay, cool. Maybe, maybe.
0: (laughs) Thank you for your patience while I figure out this question. No, please. I think the question is, how do we stay connected to freedom and creativity versus falling into a trap of like my business work or whatever, my business, my family, my my organization, my whatever, XYZ is required of me. This is the structure that I need to fit in for in order to get to tomorrow. Like, how do we avoid or balance that mentality with the freedom and creativity? Like what goes on there?
2: Yeah, it's hard. Or at least it's very hard for me. I think there are times where it's so easy to make some decisions and it's because I'm connected to or feel in tune with whether it's my family or my business. It's probably honestly, like if I'm being honest, it's probably when I'm in tune with other things other than my business that I feel like, oh, like, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my kids. And that feels like taken care of that. The other things also still feel connected to. I think when Mm -hmm. the important things or the important things that matter to me most in life start to feel whether they're strained or disconnected or insert anything that can happen in life. I suppose. I think that's when it's harder to make decisions in the business. I don't know why that is, but like, for me, it's very connected I mean I try to make it like compartmentalized but it never ends up happening well like I like, I don't know why. So yeah. I think for me it's learning the order of balance of like okay if my store and the business while it's really easy to put it at the top and cuz it's all of these things that you need to do all the time and like all these meetings and different things it's so easy for that to come to the top. I don't want that there. Yeah. It's super important to me but my family is more important. My relationship With my partner is way more important than my business. And I think like when those start to get a little out of order, so to speak of the importance is when like decisions end up being a lot harder. So I think
1: Hmm.
2: I don't, and sometimes that's hard, That's sometimes that's hard to like put some of that above, especially when you're in the, like when I'm in the mode, like my mind's spinning and I'm in the zone and like I'm going, I'm like, Mm -hmm, this is a good mm -hmm. idea, whatever. It's hard to sometimes turn that off to be able to attend those things better or to attune their needs. But the minute that I do that, the spinning process ends up happening so much better. Hmm. I don't know if that answered your question at all, actually. It totally does. does. I mean, I've
0: heard people talk about priorities, but the order of balance, like that phrasing is really Mm. compelling to me. Like, let's make sure this is balanced before then uh, figure out the balance here. Because for me anyway, shifting the balance in one thing redefines how everything else gets balanced. Like it's not just a priority list. It's start by rebalancing this and then that will inform how everything else gets balanced. Also, do
1: you, are, are you feel similarly or
2: literally? Yes. Cool. I think, yeah, yes.
1: Well, because if, <laughs> if I don't have proper sleep, I can't work out effectively. And if I can't work out effectively, then I'm not going to have as much energy or whatever it is. There has to be an order. And I think, uh, I think we have to figure out what that order is for us and it's different for everyone.
2: Yeah. And probably even as we age, it changes and shifts. I think it's just a matter totally. of totally being allowed... I guess this kind of circles back to even what we were talking about before, like allowing yourself to shift and change decisions. They're not always the same list. It always... It's shifted. It, it's fluid. So I think being able to come more f- fluid with that... And there's always going to be an imbalance to a degree, but I think if you can name the two or three really things that like make you you or like make you run as a human yeah. or stay grounded. As long as those things, I think everything else to a degree will always at least internally sync up.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a law of the universe myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no big deal. Just this. I love, I don't know, like to me, there's a playful kind of release in that also. Because mm-hmm. if I back up and go, okay, what's the most important thing for me to balance? Let's say it's, sleep for example why yeah, not yeah if i figure out that my particular biorhythms mean that i need to be in bed at 2 a.m and then wake up at 11 a.m hypothetically whatever sure. this is not actually how i'm wired but hypothetically <laughs> yeah if i toss everything aside and say that, that is what balance looks like for me then that if i've truly released everything else then maybe it starting with that changes how i think about work and about what jobs I want to be doing or not doing or how I want to be handling my fitness or or well, family or whatever else. And then informs everything, right? Oh, totally. But there's, to me, letting go of everything that, if we're looking at the order of balance list, mm-hmm. I love that term that you came for. That's amazing. <laughs> Wherever we are on the list, if we just balance that thing and let everything else shuffle around it, that feels, I feel playful when I think about this. I don't know. Letting that balance tell me what surprises lie ahead. I don't know. Does that make sense?
2: Totally, it's almost like if you could like envision like a pie graph and the percentages, and mm-hmm. allowing them to be like, okay, this has thirty percent, this thing is fifty percent, allowing those to slowly adjust as you learn more about yourself. Of like, okay, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this thing that I thought was super important actually turns out not as important, so I'm going to give that less of my energy and give this thing that clearly my body or my mind or my heart is telling me I need to focus on more and see what happens. I think mm. the more that we play around and <laughs> find out those truths, so to speak, for our own selves, like we can only define those things for ourselves. So like, yes, and learning to pay attention to that and allowing yourself to pay attention to that, you'll end up, so to speak, on the right path.
1: Yeah. Well, And, and it feels like such a relief to think about. Well, and, and it's an invitation to a safe space that you're creating for yourself to change. I mean, there's yes. no shame in it. It's just like, I love that Isaac and I, randomly decide where do you want to live next year or when i have a desire to be like oh babe i want a second place in california can we explore that we look at everything involved in that but i'm not going to repress that desire right and and that desire might not even be accomplished or achieved but i think the first thing to do is allow it to be and explore it
2: give it some air let it breathe for a minute
1: give it some air yes And that's not just with location, that's not with business, it's with sex, it's with every single part of our being, because we do ebb and flow, and you were talking about flow, are you a goal-oriented person? Yes. And if so, how does that connect, or how does that compete, or tie into flow for you?
2: Yes, I'm a very goal-oriented person, but I think, actually... One of the most freeing things for me, I learned very early on before opening up the store what was causing me not to do it. The biggest thing for me was just fear. I was very, very fearful. Thankfully, my sister coming on board and helping me get it started, she's fearless, at least in regards to doing something like this. So it was perfect to be able to, for her to just like I needed a push and she did it so beautifully. And I think again to kind of circle back to like allowing yourself to do things that you're uncomfortable with and allowing yourself to try new things, whether it's something huge or something super minor, I think at least gets you in the habit. So like for me, I figured out very quickly that I was like, oh, what's keeping me from not opening my business in the first place was I thought I needed to be the next Nordstrom. I thought I needed Mm -hmm. to be the next insert massive chain here in order to be called a success. Mm -hmm. That type of thing. So, like tying all these ideas of success along with goals were very integrated at that time and really starting to pull them apart a little bit to be able to, like, actually, success does not mean what I think it means. Like, success I get to define for myself. Is it me just being able to provide something for my family that is successful? Mm -hmm. I think that's what's important for me. So, like, that helped me change my goal. Like, I have goals, I have big goals, but at the same time, if I, don't ever get there. I'm okay with that because I the small steps along the way are also really, really big <laughs> at the end of the day. Well
1: and what you were saying, those small steps could even reveal new goals or different goals or you get to step six and you're like, actually my original goal, is going to be totally different than where I was at. Because isn't that the truth with like building anything? Like You build a house, you build a business, you build a relationship, you have no idea where it's going to be in a year. And this is why I'm the same way. I love having goals and being open if they don't happen while also celebrating along the way. And like you said, being aware or giving yourself permission to have them change and have them ebb and flow along the way.
2: Yeah, I think the minute that we like take out this American concept of success is actually, at least for me, was so incredibly freeing. Not to say that Mm -hmm. there isn't room for that, but like it was freeing because like that means that I can, regardless of what it can be viewed as a success, even if it is only for a year or what, you know, I think it just takes a lot of the weird pressures off. And like you said, it can grow into even better form if you allow it air to breathe and like are responding to community around you or like what mm-hmm. works and what doesn't work. Your idea might've been really beautiful on paper, but you get in there and you start working with other people and you're like, yeah, that's a good idea, but it doesn't work here. So what are we going to do?
1: Yeah totally. yeah. totally. What does success mean to you then?
2: Success for me genuinely is I'm feel so grateful to be able to still work and have kids and do that simultaneously, that's Hmm. incredibly successful for me. And like, if I didn't have one or the other, that would be okay. I am really proud that I've been able to do both and find that is a huge success. And so for me, it's literally that.
1: (laughs) Wow. Those are not too small feats or those are not too, like, those are huge things. Like, (laughs) holy frick, that is very successful man raising a child is enough i mean it's a lot (laughs) let alone a business you know what i mean wow
0: okay cool so if we visualize each of ourselves as as a two-dimensional ellipsis or some kind of shape where are you where are you expanding right now what edge of yours is in motion
2: my shape
0: (laughs) okay I think I'm projecting here because I'm a super visual person. So no, that language am might not a- actually work for you. But <laughs>
2: <You're
0: okay>. <laughs> <laughs> If different parts of that line segment are like, here's business self, here's family self, here's visual aesthetic self. Like, where are you expanding? Hmm.
2: I think for me right now, it's actually my business self. I think it's getting the confidence that I was lacking for what felt like a very long time back, hmm. and like learning, even just having a new amazing manager, and just even like kind of teaching her like my ethos, and then learning, like, oh my gosh, like, what can you bring to the table? And like learning, I don't know, it's nice to be able to expand again in like the things that I know I don't do well, and to be able to have yeah, yeah. someone that does do those things really well and be like, oh, this could take off so much better because I don't have to do that part that I'm not good at. So, like, that actually feels really, really, like, the part that's expanding and, and growing. Yeah. Um, certainly, my family always kind of is because it's physically growing as far as, like, children are growing, but yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah.
1: You mentioned getting your confidence back after a long time of not having that. Tell me a little bit about what that was like and then the transition into more, a state of more confidence.
2: Yeah. It's hard not to have confidence and i think i've always been the person that i've always gotten growing up that i'm intimidating so like when people come into my presence a lot of first time i always get that i'm intimidating which i think Hmm. is hysterical but also like try and pay attention of like okay like what is it like is it specifically anyway i lost my train of thought Uh, (laughs) i actually
0: want to tweak the question slightly let's let's start with the definition like what does confidence mean to you
2: confidence for me is embodying yourself and being able to walk through life knowing who you are, regardless of anything else. So like, however you define you, and I think you should walk knowing that that's very important and you're a very important person to be doing just that in life because no one else can be that. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: If you were talking to somebody who's having a minute and they're working towards reestablishing that state or maybe finding it for the first time, what would you tell them?
2: I would tell them, first of all, it's already in you. It's there. Sometimes it just needs a little life breathed into it. And whether it's going to therapy and getting out, what is that wall? What is that layer there that's protecting some part of you? Or it's like even talking to a really close friend of like, hey, I'm feeling this way. And not as a way to like, hey, butter me up, but also like, We all need that sometimes of, hey, am I doing this well? And then Mm -hmm. being able to speak a little life into you too, I think is super important, like a partner or whoever who would do that. I think that's an easy way just to get a little spark going. And then hopefully that can resonate in your body and like, okay, like it's true. Or even just a self-practice of, okay, I can't do it the entire day. I'm not feeling it. But is there five minutes that I can like talk to myself in a mirror? Can I like go on a walk and feel like, am I doing a certain little walk just to get myself going? Am I doing a little dance? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. I think you can start small and then just by practice, it can, it can grow a little bit.
1: Yeah. You mentioned, so go back to my question. You mentioned confidence and what has helped you like get into you. You're talking about getting your confidence back. What, What has that been like?
2: So for me, it's genuinely getting outside. Like I've learned, I'm like, I'm a very nature person. If I had, My dream of dreams, I'd probably live by a lake, maybe next to like here or like closer to that. And just, I find it so powerful and so peaceful at the same exact time. And I think it, I love the duality of it that comes up. And so just being connected in nature, it does almost like a reset for me where I'm like, okay, like this object out here is so, doesn't have any form, it doesn't have any being, but I do. And I get to walk how I choose to walk. So Mm -hmm. what do I want to choose? Like, do I want to continue to walk like this? Like, it's okay. Like we can give it that moment in space, like as we should, but it's also okay to just be like, you know, for five minutes, I refuse to feel like this for five minutes. Cause like, I can't. So I think for me, that's what it was. And just knowing that it is there, it just Mm -hmm. needs a little spark or something.
1: I love that so much. That's cool. that. Something as simple as literally getting outside to something that's already available sparks that in you, or gives you that space to, you know, remember that truth about yourself. I'm glad that you know that about yourself. That sounds very important.
2: Same. (laughs) (laughs) It took a long time to learn. learn. It did take a long time.
0: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder. I wonder what that is for everybody.
1: That inspires me after this to go out to the beach to go by the water. Yes, do it. We'll do
2: today.
0: We round out these conversations with two closing questions. And the penultimate question is when you're in a space of empowerment, when you're feeling like yourself, what does an empowered Jen look like and feel like?
2: Mm, I think she's definitely confident. I think I'm also always really wanting to give back and to put that energy into someone else, too, to lift or to show to some degree of like, what's your dream? Like what's the first step of starting that or what's the first step in yeah. like taking that risk on yourself. I think that's part of it too. It's just it's confidence. It's giving back a little bit and also just being okay with sitting and doing nothing for a little bit too. <laughs>
1: mm, I love that. Final question. What do you know for sure?
2: I know for sure that I am loved.
1: Hmm.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Jen. I really have enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you for sharing of yourself and of what you know and of your energy. And this has been thoroughly enjoyable. Thank you.
1: And for those of you who are listening, if you're ever visiting Chicago, I am plugging this. I am not getting paid for this. Actually, I buy stuff from this. And you talked about candles earlier. I was like, I called you literally so many times to order candles over the phone. Stop by Bird's Eye Rule. Say hi to Jen in Chicago. It's right in Logan Square, Milwaukee. It's amazing. Jen, thank you so much for all that you do and all the things you're going to freaking continue to do because you're awesome. Thank so, you. I'm so excited to know you and to see you succeed. So thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Y'all, the whole point of everything is to open up ourselves in all the fullness that we're made for and then to create, create, create with everything that is real and true and right. That's the work of a life. That's what we're working on. And you're here because you feel that for yourself, too. And we believe in you completely.
1: And hey, if you want to take a deeper dive, then head over to Apple Podcasts and sign up for a subscription, giving you access to exclusive bonus content. We've recorded a companion episode where we digest the themes of this week's conversation and swap art recommendations, sharing what's giving us life at the moment. It's a lot of fun. We've also put together a free downloadable you'll find at empoweredhumanacademy.com with a table question, journal prompt, and action step to bring the energy of today's episode home to your own life. And if you're resonating with the exploration that we're doing here, if these interviews have meant something to you, then we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us spread the word and get these episodes out to more people.
0: Thank you for being here for choosing to spend some time with us. Now, get out there and do something that feels
1: exactly like you, and we'll do the same. And for us, that includes bringing you the next conversation. Until then, stay close to your heart, to your breath, and to your power. Have an amazing, amazing day.